I think you just have to care about creating high-paying jobs in your community. I mean, that to me is what it really comes down to. Hi there. Welcome to the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. I'm Lisa Gonzalez. Missoula is one of several Montana cities that have recently begun taking steps toward publicly owned broadband infrastructure. Like many other communities we encounter, Missoula has a fair amount of fiber in the community. Unfortunately, that asset is not used to its fullest potential. In this edition of the podcast, Chris visits with Caitlin Koppel, one of the city council members in Missoula, who's leading the charge for better broadband. Also joining in is Karen Palmer, Director of Operations for LMG Security. LMG is a local firm that requires fast, reliable, high-capacity connections to conduct business. Missoula recently released the results of their feasibility study, so Caitlin and Karen take some time to describe the need, the plan, and offer advice for other communities where businesses cannot get what they need from incumbents. Here are Chris, Caitlin, and Karen. Welcome to another edition of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. I'm Chris Mitchell, and today I'm speaking with some folks in Missoula, Montana. Welcome to the show, Caitlin Koppel, City Council Member. Hi, thanks for having me. And Karen Palmer, the Director of Operations for LMG Security. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. So, Caitlin, you and I met in Austin, I want to say. Is that where we met? Yes, we had like this, well, I had this rock star moment because you were in the cab with us. And I was like, oh my gosh, I follow him on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) I was just excited that for the, I think it was the Super Shuttle, and I was excited to not be bored for 30 minutes because other people would want to talk about fiber. Yeah, that was a great conference. So since then, uh, you've gone on and done some very interesting things in Missoula, but I want to start by asking you, Caitlin, uh, what is the need in Missoula? You know, first of all, I think it's important to realize that Missoula benefited from the Touch America project, which put a lot of fiber in the ground. So we actually do have a lot of fiber in the vicinity. However, that fiber is not actually getting to the businesses that need it, and to do so seems to be cost prohibitive, both in terms of the construction costs um, to sort of do that last mile or last, you know, few feet sort of um, project, as well as the monthly access cost for the type of broadband that folks need here. So um, Magellan surveyed 65 businesses and then did in-depth interviews with about 25, and um, 95% of the businesses they surveyed um, had 50 or fewer employees. So we're really talking about small and medium-sized businesses here, which really are the engine of Montana's economy and Missoula's economy. We found out that, you know, about one-third of the businesses reported that their internet services were not currently meeting their needs because of inadequate speed or insufficient reliability or latency issues. And of that percentage, 42% had not upgraded because the services were not available Um and also another 42% had not upgraded because the price of monthly service was too high. Um, and then we had about 13% of respondents and they did not know what options were even really out there. Um, we found that fiber is not something that our current uh, internet service providers were really marketing until we started having this community conversation and kind of got it on people's radar. Now, I'm going to guess that uh, Karen LMG was probably one of the companies surveyed. And, and I'll go out on a limb. If you want to tell us a little bit more about what LMG does, it sounds like you're the kind of firm that any sort of interruption or unreliable connection could really lead to lost productivity. 
Yeah, that's very true. So we are a cybersecurity firm, and we locate in Missoula, Montana, because we can. We love it. We love the quality of life. It's gorgeous here. Um, and But we do business globally, and so for the kind of work that we do, we really rely on having a reliable connection. We need a lot of bandwidth, and we need to be able to reach our remote clients. Um, we do security testing remotely. We also offer training remotely, and so having a, a lot of bandwidth and a very reliable connection is incredibly important to our business. We also do cutting-edge research, and, and having that ability to be able to do that while we're continuing to carry on our day-to-day business is very important. Now, if I had to guess, uh, if you were to, say, offer to pay them $20,000 in construction costs, would run a fiber line to your building. Is that something that, that would be available to you, but is just cost prohibitive? In most of the locations we looked at, there it's just not possible um, at the time to get the fiber in. It's literally a case of at almost no price is it even available. That's correct, yes. In fact, we, we've heard anecdotally both, um, both responses, both that businesses are saying that their providers have said that that's just not possible, and other folks who have said that providers have been willing to do that, but you know, it's it's a complicated process because they don't do it very often here, it doesn't seem like, and it costs between ten and $20,000 generally to make something like that happen. And then the average monthly cost, um, you know, for a gig can be upwards of $1,200 a month, which is just way more than most small and medium-sized businesses are willing to pay, especially when they can, you know, set up shop in another city um, for much less. That makes sense. A lot of communities do feasibility studies, but I get the sense that, that Missoula is more likely than most to actually move forward and to take this information and, and actually do something with it. Can, can you give us a sense of what the next steps are? Absolutely. Our um, new broadband task force um, includes um, four, possibly five of the internet service providers in the area, including two that are just looking to make inroads into this market if Missoula is able to move forward with a, an open access community network, which is one of the signature recommendations that came out of the study. What we'll really be diving into um, through that committee is what will the operational model look like for this um, 60-mile open access self-finance network that was recommended to us in the study. And then we'll also look at what are some of the other um, recommendations that the study contains, such as how to just make our community more fiber-friendly, how do we um, make sure that our that we have joint trenching agreements, um, what are we doing in terms of the cities and the counties capital improvement project budgets to make sure that we're thinking ahead and um, investing in in infrastructure that will make us um, fiber friendly in the future. And then we're also looking at um, implementing broadband standards across all of our land use codes. So just, just as we have requirements for how wide a street lane has to be or how um, how far a setback must be or how wide a sidewalk can be, that we'll have those same things um, that are aligned with our, our goal to be a fiber-friendly community. You know, I have to say that it's it's really uh, hard for me as someone who lives in a, a community that is not at all fiber-friendly and where our elected officials don't really care about that fact to, to hear how blithely you just note all the different things that you're looking at doing. And so let me congratulate you. Thanks. Um, you know, when I revived the economic development subcommittee two and a half years ago or whenever I, shortly after I took office, 
Um, you know, it was very clear from the folks who served on that committee from the private sector and also from the city council that we wanted to figure out what was the way that we could add value and capacity to the efforts that were already taking place from our local economic development groups in town. And it was clear that fiber is where it's at. I'm, I'm curious, Karen, would you have any advice for other small businesses that might be in the position that you had been? Well, I think the main thing is, is to contact your internet service provider, let them know what your needs are. Um, make sure that they're aware that there are folks with other needs um, beyond uh, the residential customer. And then at the same time, if you are with a provider that can't provide that, um, be sure to check around because there are uh, oftentimes other types of services or providers that can. And and then when uh, as you've also gone down those avenues, um, I would say get involved with your community. Um, so... Uh, we see what Caitlin is trying to achieve, and, and we want to partner with that because we think that would be great for Missoula and great for our business. Now, are you looking for just a very fast connection, or are there other characteristics that, that as a very high-tech firm, you're looking for? I would say it needs to be uh, very fast. It needs the capacity to hold a lot of traffic all at once, and it has to be reliable. Um one of the things that we often run into um, with a, a smaller ISP is they may um, throttle bandwidth in the evening hours. And uh, a lot of our business gets done overnight because we are doing business globally. And so we have to have availability 24 hours a day. And Caitlin, I want to ask you, um, you know, when I met you, I was, I was surprised that you uh, were elected to city council at such a young age. You're, um, when we were preparing for this, you noted that everyone assumes you know a lot about technology because uh, you're younger than the average council member. Um, what, what advice do you have uh, for other elected officials? Well, um, I think it's really important to take advantage of the resources that are already out there and not try to reinvent the wheel. Um, certainly your website, Chris, has been super helpful to us, um, you know, even back in the early days when I was like, okay, what's a gigabit and what's a megabit and why are they different? I know we want more, but like, what does this really mean? You know, just building relationships with folks like OMG um, and other big data companies in Missoula have been super helpful. Um, our university and their office of tech transfer and, you know, just helping people see the many applications for why um, a public-private partnership to really pursue a next-generation broadband is a good idea. Um, you know, our local public schools have been super supportive, um, as well as the University of Montana. It's interesting to me that you didn't know a, a gigabit from a megabit when you were starting off, because you speak very fluidly about it now. And I have, <laughs> I have to ask if, if you know, I, I truly believe that people are more intimidated with this than they have to be, that, that people can learn it. Totally. And so you would, you, yeah, that is do you totally think you true. have to be below 40 to learn it? No, no. I think you just have to care about creating high paying jobs in your community. I mean, that to me is what it really comes down to. Like the reason I ran for council is I was tired of seeing so many of my friends move away because they weren't willing to take the like scenic Missoula fly fishing, $20,000 a year pay cut, you know, like a lot of us seem to do in order to live and 
um, succeed here. And so, and it's true, you know, across Montana, which is why I'm so excited to see Butte and Bozeman, you know, making headway on their municipal um, projects as well, because I really feel like this is the ticket for Montana. And right now we have this, you know, booming energy economy in the eastern part of the state, but that, you know, relies on extractive resources, which not everybody is in support of. And then we have tourism, which is super important, but also doesn't really bring with it a lot of high-paying jobs. And so I feel like the third leg of this three-legged economic stool that I would like to see Montana pursue is really about the tech sector. And the tech sector needs broadband in order to be able to be successful, and it's got to be accessible, it's got to be affordable. And I think that cities can lead the way in making, making the state take a more proactive policy as well. Yeah, I have to say that as we're listening to this interview, again, I just have some sour grapes in that it's been a great year of travel for me. I I spent a little bit of time in Colorado as well. And I've just decided it's not fair for you all to get fiber before us in the flatlands do. Well, you could just move and bring your high-paying jobs with you. (laughs) My wife and I just drove across Montana, and uh, we actually uh, spent a night uh, camping in uh, Billings. And uh, right before we started the call, also, Karen, you said that you were out there uh, previously working with the school district. And I'm I'm curious if you can just give us a short recap of of what the school district in Billings has done with fiber. Sure. Um, Yeah, so I was the director of technology for Billings Public Schools. It's the largest district in the state, about uh, 16,000 students and 2,500 staff members. And so we started out uh, years ago uh, with point-to-point wireless through Touch America. Uh, We also tried T1s, but what we knew we really needed was fiber because with that many students and that many staff members using our network and relying on it for everything from research to testing, we knew we needed more bandwidth and we were constantly running out. So we partnered with um, a local Internet service provider. We took advantage of federal E-rate funds, which are available to schools who are putting in networks and we were able to bring fiber connections into all 30 of our schools. So our high schools and middle schools had gig connections, and our elementary schools had 100 meg connections. And it made a world of difference because what we were able to do is rather than, for example, putting one server in every building, we were able to consolidate 30 servers into one, have it centrally located, and we still had the speed that we needed so that the users couldn't tell that the server was in another building. They thought it was still right there with them because it was so responsive. It also allowed us to move some of our services to the cloud, so to take advantage of Google's offer for free email for schools and be able to host that externally. And so by the time we were done with the project, we not only had great bandwidth and very reliable service on fiber, but we had saved about $300,000 over five years. That's excellent. It's just, it's really good to hear those sorts of stories and, and remind people that, you know, there's a lot of things you can do, whether it's partnering with a local ISP or, or doing a purely municipal investment. I think in many cases, the trick is just to get away from being reliant on one company that has no interest in your local community. Yeah, I think it's very important to partner with those companies that want to see the community grow. Uh, thank you both for coming on. I want to give you one last chance. If there's anything else that, that we should know about what's happening in Missoula, uh, let me know. You know, one of the things that I'm most excited about is that we do have um, so many of the internet service providers participating on our task force because I think finally after two and a half years, 
years, they've realized that I'm serious and I'm not going away. And so now we get to actually talk about what a public-private partnership could look like and hopefully get a little bit more information from them about what resources they already have in the ground and how we can kind of all play ball together for the good of creating more high-paying jobs in Missoula. I'm really glad to hear that because I think most local governments really would prefer to just build neutral infrastructure and have others offering services over it. And so I'm glad that you're getting that opportunity to make that model work. Yeah, absolutely. It's not my intention that people are writing their, you know, check for their internet bill to the city of Missoula. I, I would much prefer that we just help, you know, offset the cost and allow the folks that are really experts to deliver what they what they can and should be delivering. And Karen, did you have any final thoughts? It's been really exciting for me to see the community working together on a project like this. Um, I, I think people would be surprised at the number of high-tech companies already in Missoula and with the university here. We have the possibility of doing so much more. So it was so exciting to me to see a community that is supportive of that and trying to improve that for everyone. Well, thank you both for coming on the show. And and I hope that I'll have a chance to stop in Missoula next year before I go out to Glacier National Park for hopefully two weeks. We'll see what happens. Thank you. Thank you. We have a link to Missoula's feasibility study at muninetworks.org. We also have several stories about their project and a similar project in Bozeman, Montana. Send us your ideas for the show. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at communitynets. Thank you again to Waylon Thornton for the music. The song is Bronco Romp, and it's licensed using Creative Commons. Have a great day. Music